Good morning, everybody. Uh, so Travis contacted me yesterday, and, and he was under the weather, feeling under the weather, so, so I'm stepping in to uh, take care of class this morning. We are in Acts chapter 2, and so you want to get your Bibles out and turn to Acts chapter 2. Say, make a few comments about uh, where we ended up last week before we kind of move on. Through, ver- uh, through verses 40 through 47. Uh, and then if we have time, we'll get into chapter 3. Um, it's been a good study. And, and one of the things that we've been talking about in Acts is, you know, it's the history of the Lord's, of the, of the early church. Uh, we've talked about how opportunity abounds. There's opportunity. And we're going to see more. Well, we're kind of in the midst of seeing some opportunity to teach. And it's been really good for us because we've been talking a lot um, in recent weeks about evangelism and the need to evangelize. And, and going through the book of Acts is a, is a great book for us to be going through, uh, for us to be keeping that idea of evangelism in the forefront of our minds. So it's... it's uh, it's good for us. It's something that, you know, there's a lot of lost out in the world. We want to do what we can to reach out to them. So uh, it's been a good study, and, and hopefully uh, you're benefiting from it as much as, as, as I am. Uh, I've been really enjoying it. And, and, again, it's something that, you know, there's a lot of things that we know that we're familiar with. But each time we go back... And, and look at a book or go back and look at a passage and, and different passages, we're able to see new things. We're able to understand things a little bit more deeply. And it's kind of like uh, like the preacher I know talks about, it's like a, an onion. And you just kind of peel back the layer after layer after layer and you keep learning new things about God's Word. So very encouraging for us to do that. So, so last week, Travis got through, I think they got through verse 40. Um, there are a couple things, though, more that we could kind of go back and review uh, as far as uh, verses, starting in verse 37. He talks about, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And we'll talk a little bit more about that and kind of uh, refresh our memories on some of the things that we talked about last week. And, and think about, you know, how do we respond when we're cut to the heart? You know, something for us to think about as well. But before we go on any further... I'm going to ask uh, Bob Harding, would you mind leading us in a word of prayer? All right, Acts chapter 2, verse 37. So we're at the end of Peter's sermon, uh, Peter's first first gospel sermon. And verse 37 of Acts 2 reads, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. So we we talked uh, quite a bit about this section last week, you know, uh, but I I kept thinking about verse 37 Now, when they they heard. And, of course, that made me think of Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and we talked a, we've talked a little bit about how um, 
you know, we talked a little bit last week about, you know, how facts come and then, you know, faith and then your emotion and then your feelings and stuff like that. How the religious world tends to want to reverse that. And that's not to say, and so, so that's to say, you know, they heard this stuff. They heard this information and they were cut to the heart. Now, yeah, there's some feeling involved in that, but the feeling um, isn't saving them. It's causing them to think about something. They're, 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 they're pricked to the heart. We've talked about maybe saying pricked to the heart, but they were cut to the heart. And, and so that motivated them to say, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we need to do about this? And, and, and I was thinking again about this. And, and, and again, that, that question that keeps coming to my mind is, well, how do we respond when we are cut to the heart? Because we can still be cut to the heart when we're studying the scriptures today. We can, we can be cut to the heart. Uh, not in the same way for here for those of us who are Christians. But we are exposed to a teaching. We're, we're studying a passage and... Maybe it affects us. Maybe it cuts to our heart because we're like, oh, I haven't been doing this or I haven't been thinking this way. You know, uh, maybe we hear a lesson preached from the pulpit or maybe we hear a lesson like in Bible class and and an application is made. Uh, generally, that's where that's where that's where we can get pricked to the heart when those applications are made. And that might kind of rub us the wrong way. And it feels like, oh, okay, the preacher's kind of stepping on our toes a little bit. And, and when we are cut to the heart like that, well, how do we respond? Bob? Uh, yeah, I like the word you used, uh, motivated. They were motivated to respond to the questions that they asked and what should we do. And uh, we, uh, I, at least I, I reached that point where what do I need to do? Different meaning to you, or something you haven't thought of before, just like what happens in class. Uh, 
Yeah, and I, th I think that's, a, that's some good points made there. Appreciate your comments. And, and the idea, a lot of this has to do with the perspective that we have or the, uh, the, the, how our heart is when we come to the scriptures. You know, do we come with an open and honest heart? And because you can be cut to the heart and not react the way that they did, right? And, and so we see that in Acts 7.54 with Stephen. They were cut to the heart too. Let's see, uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 54. This is after Stephen has been addressing the council. And it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. But what did they do? They gnashed at him with their teeth. And so there's two different responses that, that we can see in the scriptures. And so, you know, I guess... Uh, how I'm going to respond to things will depend on the condition of my heart and how open I am to hearing things. Alvaro, do you have your hand up? Um, yeah, I was actually going to bring up Acts 7, verse 15. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, God's word is always going to, to cut through our hearts, right? It's always going to have that effect. It's what we choose, how we choose to respond to that. Um, the people in Acts chapter 2 ask, what do we do now? Um, the people in Acts chapter 7 stone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Frank? Uh, my Bible doesn't say cut, it says pierced to the heart. Mm -hmm. And then it has a footnote that says wounded in conscience, which, going back to uh, your statement on the two different responses, there's wounded in conscience, which is going to lead you to change what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then there's offended in conscience, which is going to cause you to lash out and be emotional. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bill, I saw your hand. Yeah, I appreciate uh, Bob's comments, and I think uh, listening to what he was saying makes me think that most of the time when we hear that phrase, we think of it as being kind of a negative thing, and the reality is it's a, it's a positive thing. When we come to worship, I mean, the reality is every time we partake of the Lord's Supper, we should be cut the dark, and we should be examining it and saying, oh, this is where I failed this week, this is where I fell short this week, this is now my opportunity to examine it. To appreciate the gratitude and the, the thankfulness for what God has done for me. And that's a, like Paul was saying in his comments, that energizes, that gets me excited and motivates me. It does that kind of negative thing. And yeah, I'm always, I know I make this kind of comment a lot because I'm always impressed or you know, surprised, I guess, that we can take the same type of approach in things that we did. Maybe we have a job we like, a hobby we like, and we go off to a conference or we watch something. And it's telling us how to do something different, maybe better. And same kind of response. I'm not good at that way. Well, I can be offended by that. But if I'm passionate and I'm excited about something, I'm not offended by it. I say, wow, that, that's a different approach. Or that's a different way to teach. Or that's a different way. And I get excited about it. And I take it back and I try it. And I implement it. And I use it. Yet we understand that with something in the world, but we don't always make that application spiritually. If we love God thankful for what God has done for us, then these things, this piercing of my heart is not a negative thing anyway. It's, it's an excitement. It's an energy that motivates me to try to Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think that's so good for us to think about. And I really like your analogy of going to a conference. And we have to go to those international baccalaureate conferences all the time. And 
And you go and you really do. You, you can really get kind of a fire lit under you like, oh, hey, I need to try this. And I didn't think about this. And I can try this in the classroom. But we don't, like you said, we don't often apply that to our spiritual lives. And that's a, that's a good reminder for us. And, and, and how we can be cut to the heart. I really like your comment about being cut to the heart when we partake of the Lord's Supper. That, that opportunity to examine ourselves and think about where we are and where we need to be. Um, good comments. I appreciate all of those comments. And so, you know, I keep thinking about this, uh, okay, how do I respond to things? Am I responding in a positive manner? Am I looking at the, you know, being pierced in the heart or cut to the heart? Am I looking at that as an opportunity to grow? Am I motivated by that? Or do I push back against that? Shane. I like what you just said because it ties in exactly what we're saying in regards to this cut to the heart. Because it's already been mentioned there's going to be a motivation once you have started the process of learning God's truth. Uh, we already know that once you do that, it's so powerful because it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. It's going to open okay, now what are my motivations for who I am and what I desire, what I pursue, who I spend my time with? Okay, so that's the first step. The next step, like we're talking about, is action. It's been brought up. You know, it's, got, it's a two-sided coin. You know, that cut to the heart can make you rebel or respond like that. And if we go to Hebrews, Hebrews 4, you know, it says, and this is where I would probably follow it up with about, uh, do you not know that friendship with this is where what happens when a person starts getting cut to the heart. They start seeing all those aspects of their life that would be considered friendship with the world. Um, like potential jobs, friends, relationships, uh, activities, where we spend our time. Because this friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So there's going to be this revelation as you study God's word.
Well, and, I, and I have to be able to see in myself the way I'm reacting to things. You know, so there's a, there's a self-examination that needs to take place here because I don't want to be the person who's reacting to my heart being cut by being angry, by pushing back, by being rebellious against what the Word of God teaches. And I have to be very careful about that. And, and, and the thing is, it can be all too easy for me to say, well, that's just... That's just what that preacher says. And not really, okay, well, let's really look and, and see what's being said here. You know, and, and if I'm finding myself getting angry, getting defensive, that ought to be a red flag to go, okay, hey, maybe I need to calm down and look at this thing. Maybe I need to study this. You know, it's one thing when you see people who have disagreements and they, they ask questions. And, and, and they're like, well, yeah, but I, I was thinking this, and what do you think about this? And, and, and I always think of Brother Joe Burt, and, and he, he had some questions and some issues about uh, something Rod had taught from the scriptures. And, they, and they, they got together, and they had conversations about it, and they talked about it. And... and and they did home studies on it. And eventually, uh, some of you might be familiar with this. Joe's like, it clicked in his mind. He's like, yeah, I get it. You know, and, and, and you know, there was never, uh, oh, that guy, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And never any attempt to, you know, he didn't have this idea of like, well, I'm just never going to talk to him. I'm just going to complain to other people who will agree with me. And uh, I'm going to just keep it to myself and just believe what I want without really trying to talk about it. And he was never like that. And so we've seen examples of people who react angrily to things like that versus those who are like, hey, I really want to know. I, I'm having trouble understanding this. And let's study this and let's have a conversation about it. You know, and, and, and we shouldn't have those problems in the Lord's church, but unfortunately, sometimes, sometimes they're there. Uh, so those are just so... Some of the things that, that I was thinking about, I appreciate the comments there. And we see this when it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And as we've read, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter says, uh, nothing, just believe. No, he doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't do that. And, and, and he says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, so baptism, again, we talked a little bit about this last week. But baptism is an essential part of the plan of salvation. But it's not the only part. It's an essential part. And, and, and you can't just be baptized and called a day. Although people don't even want to do that, unfortunately. Uh, in the religious world, they, they kind of get away from that. They say, well, I just have to believe if I'm baptized and it's a work. But it is not a work of merit. It's a work of obedience. It's, it's uh, you know, Chris brought up the point last week that if I give you a gift, you still have to come and take the gift. You know, you have to open it. You know, there's something that you have to do for that. I think Rod used to talk about, you know, uh, the analogy of treasure buried out in the desert. And he said, okay, hey. Uh, I want to give you this treasure. And here are the coordinates. And here's where you need to go. And 
you can have that treasure. But you're still going to have to go and dig up the treasure. But he's giving that to you still, you know. And so we talked a little bit about that last week. But baptism is essential. Lots of different passages that we could go to with that. And I've been thinking a lot about that because we've had a lot of visitors in recent weeks. And and so there's certain things that that maybe some of the visitors that we've had, they may not know some of these other passages. And so we need to be willing and ready and willing to help them with the questions that they have. You know, if they've been attending uh, a congregation or a church that has been teaching them for years that, well, you don't really have to do anything. You just have to say the, the sinner's prayer or, you know, you know, accept Jesus into your heart. You know, they may not understand that there's a lot of things that, that we kind of take these, some of these passages for granted because we've heard them so long. Um, but we need to be familiar with these things so we can help teach them, so we can help encourage them to see what the actual gospel is. And, and so I've talked about this before, but I always think about Acts twenty two sixteen, where Paul obviously believed in Jesus. Jesus had appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And how in Acts twenty two sixteen, when he's talking about this, and he's told by Ananias, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. You know, so baptism cleanses us, it washes our sins away. And again, I, you know, we, we, we know these things. I think most of us here today are well familiar with these passages, but I think it's good for us to kind of remind ourselves of this. I really like what Bill's doing by going through the Sermon on the Mount and talking about the fundamentals because uh, the fundamentals are important. And, and we can sometimes forget to go back and rehearse these fundamentals and, and, and think about these. And that's not to say that we shouldn't move towards solid food. You know, we talk, you know, you talk about that in, you know, in the scriptures as well. But it's always good to go back and rehearse these things and, and refresh our memories as to what the Bible teaches about these things. Because that's how we can not only strengthen our faith, but help others to come to Jesus. Can help the, you know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we have as Christians today is when we're evangelizing a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times we're talking to people who already think they're okay. And, and, and I think that's, that's the big challenge that we face, you know? So how do we get through to them? How do we get through to them? So I always think of Acts twenty two sixteen, but there's, there's other passages. Of course you think about, uh, Mark 16, 16, you think about uh, Matthew 28, 18, and 19, you know, uh, how did, you know, uh, well, let's look at the Matthew 28 one, you know, part of the, the Great Commission. And again, another passage that we're familiar with, uh, that most of us would be familiar with. But again, I look at this, and, and Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then verse 19, go therefore... And make disciples of all the nations. Well, how do I do that, Jesus? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then we see in verse 20 kind of what's supposed to happen at, you know, afterwards. You know, what's supposed to happen. 
is that you're supposed to teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. So baptism is just the beginning. We're not baptized and then we just call it a day. Uh, you know, we're good to go. And that seems to be how much of the religious world looks at this. I mean, they don't even look at, many of them don't look at baptism as essential for salvation, but they just talk about, well, if you believe in Jesus and then you have the once saved, always saved. But then you look at Romans 6, Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Verse 3, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So again, that passage, you can say, well, we're baptized into Christ Jesus. Um, that's how we get into Christ Jesus is through baptism. Uh, verse 4, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So there is a change that's supposed to take place uh, in me. And remember, Peter said that they needed to repent. What does that mean to repent? Does that mean just to feel bad? Because you got to change. You you gotta you gotta turn. You gotta reject the things that maybe you've learned that you've been taught that the the behaviors that you engaged in, and we see throughout the epistles. Uh, you know, uh, we see we see warnings, we see encouragement, we see teaching to change, to be more like Jesus, to conform to His image. Uh, I like Colossians. Chapter 3. Again, verses 1 through 6, Colossians chapter 3. So here again, another example. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And Bill brought up not too long ago uh, when we were talking in a Wednesday night class. And his comment, he, he kind of uh, came to this verse and talked about the things that we can do. We think that idolatry is, oh, that's all something that happened back in the Old Testament. Well, we can be guilty of having idols today. And, and, and this passage clearly talks about that. Because of these things, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So there has to be change that takes place. Um, so, so lots of good lessons for us, good reminders for us. That we're continuing to grow as Christians. We're striving to be the disciples that we need to be. As we continue to hear the word preached. And it's going to cut us to the heart. Do we have the right response when we do that? And are we prepared to teach others of the gospel? And we have different opportunities that are presented to us. And we have different resources that are available on the website now. And that makes it really easy for, for us to just 
put that stuff out there. Leave a card. And, and maybe that sparks a conversation. Maybe that starts something. And you try and do what you can to help these individuals to see the truth. But we have to be well-versed, as well-versed as possible in these things and be reminded of these things so that we can be prepared to help teach them. And we also see that when you're baptized, it is for the remission of sins. Um, so a lot of uh, different things that we kind of looked at. Uh, any other comments about verses 37 through 39? Yeah, Bob. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and so that, that's the thing, thinking about our response and giving, I like your point about giving the person you're talking to a chance to respond. Because we sometimes think, well, I got to do all this stuff, you know, and, and well, maybe I just need to have them read the passage and, well, what do you think about that? You know, maybe less of me and more of, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's something to think about, you know, and. And, and, and when we're evangelizing, don't feel that you have to be perfect every time. You, you know, how many things have we done? And, and we're really good at it now, but when we first started, we made all sorts of mistakes. Yeah, you know, I'm teaching, teaching Abby how to drive. And she's doing a pretty good job, but, you know, she's, I, I, she, I'm thinking about when I first started to drive think about when you first started to drive and you have to think about all these things. And so she asked me, how did, how did you get this where you are now? Where you just, Oh, I just know the check, the mirrors. I know the check, the blind spot. I know she's, I'm focusing so much on the mechanics that I said, well, you know, everyone goes through something like that. And it just sort of happens. 
You know, some some people might be a little bit more naturally inclined to it, but I mean, I couldn't really tell her like, well, you know, it was after step one, two, and three that yeah, I was good at that. You know, I remember driving with Travis one time when I was teaching him to drive, and he's driving along. We're going down Euclid, and we're going pretty good. I see a red light, and we're we're getting closer to that red light. We're getting real close to that red light, Travis. There's a red light, you know, and he's like, like we are. <laughs> But he was, he, was, he was watching, but he was not well-versed in watching everything, you know. But he doesn't do that now. Well, I hope not. <laughs> He's better than that now, right, Laura? <laughs> but the, the point is, the point is, we have to start somewhere. And we need to start and we need to engage ourselves in evangelizing and... We don't have to be perfect at it. We do what we can. And, and sometimes someone's going to ask us something. Like, okay, I, I don't know how to answer that. Or I never thought about that. Well, we go back. We study. We learn. You know, we don't have to do everything. Remember, we plant seeds. You know, something to think about. Vanessa. Uh, I think it's a really Right. No, I, I, I appreciate that. That's a great comment because we can, I, I, and I've heard other people say the same thing, like, oh, I just don't know if I know enough. Well, you need to know that you're in sin and that Jesus is the way out of sin and that, that I need to follow his authority. And, and that's all you need to know. I mean, we see examples in Acts of people who are baptized really quick. They didn't have to hem and haw about it for like weeks. And weeks and months and go, yeah, I think I'll do this now. And 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 I think that's a I think that's an important lesson for us. Uh, and yeah, I'm not saying you don't want to count the cost, not saying you don't want to think about those things, but but I mean, what does the parable of the sower teach? It teaches that people responded and then some people didn't stay on. They didn't stay faithful. You know? Um, so I so I think we have to be careful that we don't uh, put all these additional barriers in front of someone who is coming to the Lord and they're like, Hey, I need, I know I need to do something. What am I going to do? Yeah. 
That's good. I think those are good reminders for us. Thank you for sharing that. Jane. I just want to say one aspect that I've learned over the years, and whenever we're going to try to teach somebody something and want them to get it like that, is control the environment as best you can so that there's no outside distractions that's going to hinder their learning or take them from what you're trying to teach. And I'll use your example from driving to teaching a workout. When I taught the kids how to drive, they'll remember we went to a private parking lot where there's no traffic to start getting the basics down. And then when they started developing and showing me, they could control the vehicle. And then we started going out. Okay? So there was yeah. a process of first control the environment where there's no outside distractions so that they can get the training. Now, transfer that over to teaching somebody. Say you want to teach a new family that's got young children. Do you want the young children there with you while you're trying to teach the parents? Can they get somebody else to watch the young children while you're trying to help teach the parents? So you can combine maybe suggesting, hey, your house. Can you have somebody watch your two kids while I work with you and your husband or whoever? So you're making the environment more easily for them to receive the word where they're not going to be constantly interrupted, their attention's taken away, distracted, or feel like they have to get up or do something and then come back to it. And so it's from teaching. And we're just, that was just to consider. How can I make the first, the first learning environment as sponge-absorbing as possible without having to stop and start and stop and start and, and take breaks, because those all distractions translate into breaking the chain of thought, you know, and trying to get what you want out, because then you might just start over, and then there goes your hour or whatever you're spending with them on that. Yeah, it kind of reminds your story, what you're telling us, and I appreciate your, your points there, it kind of reminds me of that story Rod told us when he was studying with a, a couple in their young child was kind of playing that some of you might remember this and it, and it actually is kind of related i'm probably not telling it exactly the way it was but if you look down at verse 41 uh, then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about three thousand souls were added to them and uh you know so rod was having them read having the couple read that passage and uh, he asked, if I remember correctly, he asked a couple questions like, okay, well, who was added? Who was added? Um, what, did those, what did those who received his word do? Well, we can answer that, right? Those who received his word, what did they do? They were baptized, right? And... That day about 3,000 souls were added. So logically, who was not added? Those who weren't baptized. And so Rod was uh, reasoning with them from this, about this passage and having them read that and saying, okay, well, who didn't get, you know, what happened to those? He, I think he said, what happened to those who weren't baptized? And there was silence. Well, let me ask you again. What happened to those who, were who, who weren't baptized? It was silence. And the third time he asked that question, the little kid in the other room said, they didn't get in! <laughs> and, 
<laughs> you're still, what you said made me think about that. In that case, it kind of maybe was a good primer. <laughs> but here was a child who, had, who was just kind of sitting there playing and hearing what's going on and absorbing this stuff and was able to answer the question that their parents weren't able to answer because, well, my opinion here is that because it would mean, oh, I got to admit a lot of things are different in my life. You know, sometimes we can put ourselves into denial because that's easy. You know, we will see that as easier than, well, then I'd have to change a lot of things. And if I change that, then that means that all the people I know who believe the same thing, well, that means they're not right. And you see how that could just, you know, it's like a domino effect. And I think people have a hard time with something like that. They have a hard time with things like that sometimes. And so that's kind of reminded me. Of that, so when we look at that, uh, those who gladly received His word were baptized. What what a great strategy we can use to try and help someone else see what they need to see from the scriptures, and and so I've always appreciated that, and I've always remembered that. Uh, verse forty two, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread. And in prayer. So after baptism, we see steadfast, continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the teaching. That's important. They had to continue to learn different things. And uh, when we say the apostles' doctrine, it's really what's coming from God and recognizing, as Vanessa said, knowing who the authority is and what that means to me and how I need to look to God and see what He wants, what Christ wants of me. Uh, it says they continued in fellowship with one another. Uh, it says they did the breaking of bread. Uh, I believe that to be referring to the Lord's Supper because this is within the list of things that they're doing because of their religious faith. Um, and again, we can look at Acts 20 and verse 7 and see that this is something that they did uh, every first day of the week. And number four, fourth thing, they continued in prayers. And, and so, again, another reminder to us that prayer should be a regular part of our lives. And, and, and as we're neglect, if we're neglecting prayer, we're going to have problems. We're going to have difficulties. So, some important things for us to remember there. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, just, I just love this uh, part of the scriptures and how clear it is and how easy it is to see what you need to do if one has an open on his heart. And so I think that's the thing, is getting people to look at that themselves, read it themselves, rather than me just kind of throwing it all out there. So I appreciate the comments.